everyone to another episode of Full Definition, where we're exploring the fullness of life that Jesus talked about when he said the very reason that he came to earth was so that all of us, that's you and I, everyone everywhere, might have full life, life to the full, so good. And here on FD, we're looking at what does that really mean, right? What does that actually look like? And how can we get more of that in our everyday lives? I love doing these intros, guys. I could so easily just ride this excitement just talking about full life, why it's so amazing. But I'm going to go ahead and get to today's topic because that's why you're here. Okay, so check this out. When I was thinking about what does full life consist of and all this kind of stuff, this one was not on my list. But that's why I love this. That's why I love this journey because it is on Jesus' list. It's so good. And as I learn more and know more about what full life consists of, that he's teaching me and all this stuff, I'm like, wow, this is amazing. But I said I'm not going to get too excited, so I'm going to come back and talk about what we're talking about today, which is authority. And that's such an important component of the full life. And you know, sometimes when I hear the word authority, it conjures up mixed feelings within me, if I'm being honest. Maybe that's just me. But I feel like it's really important for me to clarify what I'm talking about here. When I say authority, I'm talking about when someone accepts or respects the word or command of another person. That person accepts the authority of the other person over them. A really good example that illustrates this idea of authority that we're talking about here, that many of us might be familiar with, is seen in the army, where we have commanding officers. In the army, the officers with lower rank accept the authority and the commands, therefore, of the officers with higher rank. And so a general is the highest ranking officer in the army, and so he can command everyone. And then below the general, you have the colonel, the major, captain, lieutenant, and so on. And so there are two phrases that everyone who joins the army learns to say pretty much as soon as they arrive. And these are, yes, sir, and yes, ma'am. And these two phrases will keep you out of trouble. <laughs> See, in the army, the success of a mission or a campaign depends on devising an effective strategy against the enemy and executing that strategy exactly as commanded. And so if after being commanded to go out in a certain formation, one group, one platoon decides, you know what, I think we're better off just going our own way and doing our own thing, they can put themselves in jeopardy, they can put others in jeopardy, and they can put the whole mission in jeopardy. And so for all soldiers, Accepting the authority of their commanding officers leads towards unity and hopefully safety and victory too. <laughs> now, most of us are not in the army, 
I'm not in the army. <laughs> and so you might be thinking, well, I don't go around saying yes, sir, yes, ma'am to loads of people, or maybe to anyone during the course of my day. So perhaps I'm not under any authority. I haven't accepted any authority at all. Ah, but you know, I believe that we all live under authority. And so the question is not, am I under authority or not? But actually, the question that I ask myself is, whose authority have I accepted? Right? Now, to go a bit further into this exploration of authority, I invite you to journey with me in your imagination to a beautiful tropical island with calm waters, clear waters, lovely fruit. There's just so much. Everything I need is right there. The weather is perfect. And I am the sole inhabitant of that island. And there is no one anywhere to tell me what to do or how to do anything. I can do exactly what I want. So whenever I feel like eating, I can just go ahead and eat whatever I want, whenever I want. Sounds brilliant, right? But knowing myself, that can be a little bit dangerous because sometimes for me now, I can just eat sometimes. I can eat food simply because it's there. And you know, when it's just so close, it's within my region, I don't even have to leave my sofa to get it. I'm just eating. And that's really dangerous because I'm on an island and the food is seasonal. Presumably there's a limited land space and I need to farm my food and all this stuff. So I can't just keep eating because I run out of food. So in order to ration my food so that I continue to live, my feeling self has to accept the authority of my thinking self and not the other way around. And so even when we're on our own, there is some authority being established. Okay, so coming off the island now, back to today. You know, I'm now trying to think of when I first accepted authority. And I think, you know, as a child, I sort of learned to accept my parents' authority. And then when I started going to school, I learned that I also had to accept my teacher's authority. But one thing I started to see was that I wouldn't do something that my parents said I shouldn't do if my teacher told me to do it. Because I started to think, well, no, who do, who, who, who do I feel I'm more accountable to, in a way? And that was to my parents. So if I did something and my parents would be like, oh, that's bad, you know, that's where home is. And so... I began to realize, especially when I started looking, okay, so on the way to school when I was a kid, this was in Nigeria, and this was before traffic lights had been installed around the place. We had these guys called traffic wardens. They wore these black trousers, bright orange shirts, and white gloves. And at the moments when the traffic was at its peak, they would step in to sort of organize the traffic. And I would see my parents would stop or when the traffic warden, the man or woman, would raise their hand and sort of stop the, the traffic in the direction we were driving. And I was like, oh, so my parents, whose authority I accept, also accept other people's authority. So it's interesting. I began to see that there are levels, as we say, levels day when we, we 
are talking about authority. And we see these levels in authority all throughout society. In schools, we have teachers reporting to a head teacher. In government, you have a president and the governors. In business, all the companies are organized with a hierarchical structure where there is a board, CEO, and then every department has a chief and so on and so forth. All these structures exist and you see have different levels of authority. And so two things are beginning to emerge here in my mind. And the first is this, that we accept authority from many different places and sometimes simultaneously. So the government, work, um, and any, any other organization that I'm a part of, I accept their authority simultaneously. The second thing is that authority has spheres. So only when I'm at work, for example, does my boss have that authority over me. Anywhere else, it's just another friend. Hopefully they're friends and not anything else. <laughs> so you get what I mean. Authority has spheres within which the authority is recognized. And you know, the thing that we do in society is we create loops of accountability so that one person sort of is reporting or at least is accountable to another because we know that there is that possibility within each of us to abuse the authority we have been entrusted with. Now, so far, we've looked at authority in only one direction, acceptance. But the reality is, of course, that we can also reject authority. And so when I was younger, my decision to accept my parents' and teachers' authority was usually aided by discipline when I didn't accept it. But then the danger is obviously that sometimes people can abuse that authority and then create an abusive environment and that's what causes people to flee. And, and you know, if, if someone's listening and you've had to, you know, run away from home or, you know, go somewhere else because some you were in an abusive environment where someone in authority was abusing their authority, then I'm so sorry. Because that is not how we are meant to handle authority. And it, it really raises this question within me that, you know, what do we look for? And it might be something that, this might be a question that you're considering. What do we look for in a person when we want to appoint someone whose authority we are going to accept? Maybe there's an election, a government election, or we're trying to de decide who the next CEO or head of this charity is going to be. What do we look for? I really love this proverb. Proverbs 29, verse 2. It says this, When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when the wicked man rules, the people groan. How do we select the people whose authority we're going to accept? You know, sometimes we might look at the various candidates of people that we could potentially appoint to a role of responsibility and authority and just be like, oh, maybe we lose hope. Or maybe we feel that, you know what? The person who is in this position, I can do a better job than they can. 
and we just decide, you know, actually what, I'm just going to do what I want. I'm not going to accept their authority. I'm going to reject it. And, you know, I'm reminded of a book in the Bible. It's called Judges. It's, it's not like law courts sitting down with judges. It's really, really interesting. It's a great book about the patience and incredible love of God towards Israel. And this details a time in Israel's history after they had come out of Egypt and settled in the land of Canaan and before they had a king. The book ends with these words. I love this. It says, in those days, there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. And it's incredible to see what happens in this book. One of the stories that's right, that's close to the end there, almost results in the children of Israel wiping out one of the 12 tribes. And what happened was because one person wronged and horribly, horribly wronged another. And then each person decided to take it upon themselves to mete out justice as they see fit. Everyone doing what they think is right in their own eyes. And then they ended up in an even worse situation, nearly wiping out their kin, their own people from the same country. And sometimes it may look like, oh, I can always do a better job than this person or that person or the other person. But when we see the result, it may not be exactly what we had hoped it would be. Now, so far we've looked at either accepting or rejecting authority. But one thing we haven't quite considered yet is what authority do we have? What authority do you have? And how do you handle it? How do I handle the authority I have? That's a really amazing question. I think we all have authority. And it just depends on the sphere of our authority. If we're in that sphere, then the authority is recognized. Now, I love Jesus. He is just so awesome. He's amazing. And when it comes to how to handle authority. He is the best teacher, not just by giving theoretical talks and speeches, but actual lived experience of having all authority and walking and living among us and seeing how he did it. So good. Let's check this out. There is a record of an amazing story, one of my favorite stories in the Bible, in Matthew's Gospel. Matthew chapter 8, verse 5 to 13. And there, Matthew details the story of a centurion who came to Jesus and said this. Now, it, the story goes like this. When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. I love this centurion because he comes to see Jesus because of his servant. So good. Anyway, let's get, I don't want to get carried away. And Jesus says to him, I will come and heal him. And now this is Jesus saying, oh yeah, yeah, I will come to your house. And the centurion answers and said to him, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. 
for I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. I say to this one, go, and he goes. I say to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. Now when Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those who followed him, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. And I say to you that many will come from the east and from the west and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. Love it. But the sons of the kingdom will be cast out into outer darkness, and there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the centurion, go your way. As you have believed, it will be done for you. And his servant was healed that very same hour. I love this story. Absolutely love it. Now, there was another moment with Jesus' disciples when two of them came to him, asking him to basically appoint them as the next in command after him. So over the other disciples. And Jesus said to them, look, it doesn't work that way with me. If you're following me, it's different from the way things work in the world. In the world, people with authority lord it over the people who follow them. But with you, if you follow me, then if you want to be great, you have to be the servant of all. And Jesus says, I didn't come into the world to be served, but to serve. Jesus came with all authority to serve. Wow, I love him. Now, one other moment in Jesus' life when he showed how he handled his authority was when he was betrayed by one of his closest friends, Judas. And they were in a garden with his disciples and Judas walks up to him with a mob behind him. One of Jesus' disciples takes a sword and strikes the ear off of one of the people in the mob. And Jesus says, no, put away your sword. And he picks up the ear and heals the guy. Now, Jesus, with all authority, he picks up the ear and heals the guy. And he tells his disciples, he says, do you not know that if I prayed to my father now, he would send me 12 legions, over 12 legions of angels right this moment. So he had the authority to ask for angels and they would come down and literally fight and wipe everyone out. But of course, Jesus uses his authority to heal. And this is what Jesus does. You read the story of Jesus. He goes around healing, restoring, loving. Uh, he, he does. And when someone comes to him and says, can you come? He's going to their house to serve them. It's brilliant. Jesus is amazing and such a great teacher of how to handle authority. Now, we already established that authority has spheres. And so we're looking at this story here, looking at the sphere of Jesus' authority. And this is brilliant. Jesus is going about his normal day, going to like one of the synagogues, going to talk about the scriptures. Talk about the word of God. Brilliant. And I'm in Luke chapter 4 and I'm reading this story from verse 33. It says, now in the synagogue there was a man who had an unclean spirit in him. 
And the man cried out with a loud voice, saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come here to destroy us? For I know who you are. You are the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be quiet and come out of him. And when the unclean spirits had thrown the man down in front of everyone, it came out of the man, and it did not harm the man. And so all were amazed, and they spoke among themselves, saying, What a word this is. For with authority and power, Jesus commands the unclean spirits, and they come out. And word went round the whole region. I love that. This was phenomenal. People were looking at him being like, what is this? How can his authority extend to this realm where even the unclean spirits are responding and obeying his commands? This is Jesus. Yeah. I told you Jesus was amazing. You guys need to go and check out these Gospels. Read Matthew, read Luke. Luke, I love the way Luke opens up because he says, look, I have taken an orderly account. Luke is like a doctor who has gone and studied and interviewed and cross-referenced everything. So go and check these like accounts of Jesus' life out. So amazing. Hmm. I'm so excited, but let me let me come down. So look, we we've we've been looking at authority and accepting and rejecting it. We know we can do that. We've also looked at, you know, how we handle authority that we have, right? We looked at it, we have authority. But the other thing I want to look at a bit now is delegating authority. See, this is also one of the things I love about Jesus. He does not only have authority. But when you put your faith in Jesus, then he gives you his authority. Woo! That is so dope. Now, if we did not need authority in this life, I don't think Jesus would have been given us any authority. But he does. So we do need it. And this is where we have now the authority that extends to the same realm. Woo! I love it. Matthew 28 says, all authority, this, this is Jesus saying, all authority in heaven and on earth is given to him. Woo! And we get that same authority. Yes, come on. In Luke 9, it says, Jesus gathered the disciples together, the 12 of them, and he gave them power and authority over all unclean spirits and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to preach the good news of the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. It's so amazing, and life is so fantastic when we use the authority that we've been given in the same way that he did, loving, healing, serving, wherever we go. And then again, in chapter 10, verse 19, it says, Behold, this is Jesus saying, I give you authority to trample upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the unclean spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your name is written in heaven. Woo! 
So you know that 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 really that that second verse really says something to me. Like having authority is essential, and it's really important that we do have authority and Jesus' authority even better, right? But it's not something to sort of go on and be like, oh yeah, now everybody's doing what I say. That's that's not what the you know it doesn't it doesn't go with. It's the opposite of Jesus saying, I have my authority. I'm the king, and I come to serve. And it also says. Having authority is cool and all, but having your name in heaven now, that is something, that is cause for real joy right there. Now, you see, when someone delegates their authority to another person, they give that person their backing. So like an ambassador is delegated authority to speak to another nation on behalf of his nation. And he has the backing of his nation behind what he says. So if he makes a deal, the nation honors it. And it's the same thing with Jesus. He gives us his authority. And we have his backing. That's why we pray in Jesus' name. We're reminding ourselves that we are operating in his authority. And we have his backing. So good. And operating in delegated authority requires us to have faith. We have to have faith that the one who's supposed to have our back will have our back, right? The ambassador has to have faith that the country, the government of his country, will act to honor the agreement that he has made with you know, the other country. And you know, sometimes I get moments where I just feel like there's something in the air, like sometimes weighing on me. And I'm not able to discern any source or cause. I don't know why I'm feeling that way, but I just sort of have this heaviness. And it's in moments like that when I'm so grateful for the authority of Jesus. I can just be like, you know, whatever that is, just pack up and get up and get out. And I can be free, you know, I'm free to be myself again. And it's just those moments when I'm able to enjoy the benefits of that authority that has been delegated to me, that has been gifted to me, that I'm just like, wow, thank you. Let me land with this question. What is your relationship to authority? Do you despise it? Maybe because you've seen or lived under someone or some group of people who have abused their authority. Or do you desire more, maybe to further your goals or increase your impact? I think however we feel about authority, one thing that I do see is that we do need authority to live well together in community. Like when there is that following of the same authority, like in the army example that we were talking about in the beginning, where everyone works together to achieve the same goal, that's something close to, I think, what, you know, it starts to come close to what community should look like. Not people being oppressed or forced to obey someone, 
and to submit to their authority, but rather people who willingly, joyfully choose to accept the authority of someone. And it brings me back to that verse in Proverbs. When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when a wicked man rules, the people groan. I wonder, if you look through the levels of the authority that you accept, what is the highest authority? And is it righteous? Is it just? Is it good? Is it kind? Is it there to serve? Where do we find such authority that we are glad to accept all the time? I think we all want to experience this kind of authority, this good authority. But maybe we haven't. And no matter what our stories have been up until this point, no matter what experience we've had of authority, good or bad, we can start to look at how we handle the authority that we do have. So those who we serve have a great experience of authority. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Even if I had a boss at work who wasn't good at handling their authority, no, I decide that I'm going to be serving those who report to me and backing them up when I delegate the authority. You know, you want to give anyone who is in the sphere that you operate in a good experience. Let's start with that. If everyone starts with that, that change will spread rapidly. People love good stuff. When we see good, it's amazing. We love to experience it. And we can emulate that. That's why Jesus is so amazing. He's shown us a way that we can follow. And we can do the same. And so, guys, wherever you are listening to this, I hope you're having a good day. And I hope that somehow you're finding that you have the strength and the grace to carry the authority that you've been entrusted with and serve with it, and love people with it, and heal with it. And maybe you want to send this podcast to your boss, or send it to a friend or someone who is in that sphere, or you're in their sphere. And so that together we begin to transform what it means to really steward the authority that we entrust to each other so well that we enjoy life and live it to the full. Guys, have a lovely day and see you next time.